Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. Jordan and Lexi here. So, Hello. Yeah, we have an icebreaker today. Um, what was it? Something about gardening. What would you tell a first-time gardener or advice for a yes. first-time gardener? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have some in mind? Yeah, I had one in mind. Um, I actually just talked about this a little bit on my Instagram, but I just would recommend you look for varieties that are high yield. Okay. Cause that'll probably help you feel more successful quickly. <laughs> Don't plant something overly complicated. Yeah. Do you start all your plants from seed or do you buy plants ever? I don't buy plants. It's just too expensive. Okay. I mean, Um, I might buy a comfrey plant this year, but generally I just do seeds. Okay, cool. Um, so my, I've just had such good luck and, uh, low maintenance on the garden boxes. So I've, I've been a huge fan of those for what we do and for what, um, amount we would have put into it. The garden boxes are just like, and don't have to weed at all. And yeah. because we fill them with really good soil, the plants do really well every time. Yeah. So, um, yeah. If you're a first time gardener and you're just like wanting to get your feet wet and have good results, then I would suggest the garden boxes. Yeah. Bringing in soil above ground is a really good way to have like a sure success. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I like those. And then plant things that, um, that you're going to enjoy eating too. So I think, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people just plant a lot of stuff and they're like, you know, we don't eat a lot of radishes. And then it, it feels like, well, that was a waste, but yeah, plant stuff mm-hmm. that you like to eat. Like we really like tomatoes and salsa and all that kind of stuff in the summer. So we plant a lot of tomatoes because we like them fresh. Anyway, today we're going to talk about advice for a new bride. So if we have a friend that's about to get married or girls in our life that we know they're about to get married, um, if they came to us and was like, okay, give me some advice. These are some things that we would say that we would go from there. (laughs) I think we're both feeling a little weird today. (laughs) Well, I've just been doing 9 million things this morning and came like straight from grocery shopping. So it's like, okay, brain, now it's time to podcast. Yes. (laughs) Which is a lot of times when we podcast, honestly, I come in like straight doing other things. Hope you're still listening to this. No, I've got something. I think the main thing that I was thinking of when it came to this topic was a lot of the times new brides are working at least for a season. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think what can be hard is people aren't realizing that at least for me, I wouldn't say it was this way the whole time, but I know a lot of brides are working, 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 and they're thinking, oh, later in my life, I'll get to the domestic mode Mm -hmm. when I'm home full time. But then it can be really hard to switch. And then you don't have as much time because you're probably now home with a newborn and then two babies and then three babies. Mm -hmm. And so I think um, as as I brought up this topic, I was thinking of like from the get-go, and this is why I think Titus 2 is for all women of all seasons and all ages, we are created to be domestic, whether or not we're working or whether or not we have a home of our own. But really just like, you need to keep those lines of domestic, I don't know, creativity open, I guess, even if you are having to work Yeah. for that season. Mm-hmm. 
Jared always talks about um, priority. Like, so is the home your priority or is your job your priority during the season? And even if it's a season of working, home should still be the top priority. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Lexi and I, we're not saying like there's never a season that women should be working outside the home. But if they are working outside the home, the home should should still take precedence over yeah. um, your career of any sort. So. And honestly, being a new bride and not having kids yet is a perfect season to like be creative and like do all the extra things that you may not have time for later. Learn the things yeah. that you may want to be good at by the time children do come. Yeah. That's what I was going to say next was like, you kind of need to assume a <laughs> posture of humility. You may think you know a lot about homemaking, but you don't. <laughs> you know, there's just there, we were just, I think we talked about this in a recent episode. We're like three, four generations removed from actual Christian discipleship being passed down generationally. Mm -hmm. And so there's a whole heck of a lot that you have no idea about. And you really, really, I know you're not going to believe me guys. If you're out there, if you're single, if you're married with no kids, this is the least busy you will ever be. This is the most energy you will ever have. <laughs> Believe me, so I promise you. <laughs> so true. I I, I, think was I, I may have said this before, but I remember being in college and being like, "I'm so busy," and I was like <laughs> taking a nap every day, and yeah, had all the time in the world. But you know, you feel like you're busy because you have some assignments that are due at the end of the week. <laughs> well, and for most of us, we in general do have a job where we can check out mentally once we leave. I know it's not that way for everyone. And I know, I know work can bleed into the home life, mm-hmm. but I was talking to someone about this recently and she was like, yeah, you're right. I would have more time if I didn't work and came home. And I'm like, no, even with you working full-time now, you still have more time. <laughs> I know. Well, especially when you have a little baby, I was telling Jared the other day, there's like, even when you have a little baby that is nursing in the nighttime, like about Providence is still nursing in the nighttime. So there's no time off. Like you do your things all day and then you nurse all night. It's like, there's no time off. Um, so yeah, it's, it's cool. (laughs) But I was going to also say, and let me be a woman. Elizabeth Elliott talks about to her daughter. Yes. You have been having a home of your own for the season. You've been cooking. Um, you've been planning your meals, but you're about to start cooking three times a day seven days a week, you know, um, making 21 meals a week. And that's just, Mm. it's a lot bigger than what you realize before you're in that season, all the work domestically there is to do when you have a home and a husband, it's, there's just a lot more to do than you realize. And then gosh, (laughs) also advice to a new bride read, let me be a woman because (laughs) it's perfect. I'm going through that with a gal from our church and there's so much good stuff in there. Like one of the one of the points that she makes is that you marry a man and in marrying a man, you marry someone who probably eats more than you do, uh, um, that he's hungrier more often than you are, that he, he, she talks about him taking up more surface area. So his towels are wetter, <laughs> like just things like that. So just being mindful that as you marry a man, that you glory in that and appreciate that and not be annoyed by that. Oh man, I've thought of, I think she has that line in that specific chapter. I've thought of so many times over the year about she's saying, yes, 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 you married a man, but be thankful that you married a man and not a woman. 
Yeah. Because mm-hmm. this is who you're made for. <laughs> yeah. That we complement each other, that our differences yes. and our, um, even our weaknesses in certain areas complement each other just, just to glory in that. And it's awesome. Cause really that's what we want. Like we don't, we don't want a feminine man. Like what, woman, no. <laughs> what nope. woman would be like, Oh yeah. Feminine man. That's nope. what I want. No, we don't. We want a masculine nope. man, his messy shoes and all like his muddy boots and all. And, um, and, and yeah, we should be thankful for it more often. She talks about like that a woman wrote in to a columnist about her snoring husband or something and everybody was giving advice. <laughs> and then, and then a widow writes back, um, snoring is mm. the most beautiful, beautiful music in the world. Ask any widow. And I think us married mm. women should think about that more often just to be grateful yeah. for things that may seem like annoyances some days, but, um, but really there are differences and we should be grateful for them. I need to go help Ira real quick. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Unpause. <laughs> another, I thought of another thing that someone told me, and I may have said this on the podcast before, but um, before we got married, my mom had a couple of her friends come over and we just all chatted and they gave me advice before we got married. And one of the ladies, um, she's, she was older than my mom, older lady who'd been married a long time, she said that someone had told her whenever she was engaged about to be married in reference to her husband, keep his belly full and his bag empty, (laughs) which is a bit of a crude way of saying what we said in our sex episode, which is, you know, don't, don't be greedy when it comes to Mm -hmm. um, your preferences when it comes to sex, but Mm -hmm. be hospitable in that. So I think that's another good piece of advice for a young married woman. And also just to like, well, hopefully you and your husband are virgins going into this, but not be afraid to ask for help and advice if that's difficult at the beginning too. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, something really practical that we've actually had to counsel people on the, the harder end of this is, um, couples that buy houses, depending on the wife's income, even though they want the wife to come home eventually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just really practical. I don't think a lot of people realize that cause they think, oh man, you know, we have all this money, we can mm-hmm. do this. But if yeah. your goal long-term is that your wife be home, don't from day one, don't even consider her income. Yeah. at all yeah yep in and cars the, in anything yes. vacations debt yep. nothing yeah that's what i was saying it's same the same if it comes to um if you're getting married and your wife is in college and if you're taking out student loans like be thinking are we going to be able to afford this once she is staying home and if not yeah. then rethink it because it's not worth it in the long run yeah so um, yep. then I thought birth control could be something that we talked about. Cause that's something that a lot oh, of women yeah. going into marriage are thinking about like, okay, do I need to get on birth control? What do I need to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, my advice is no, do not get on birth control. Um, and if you, if you and your husband have a reason for not having kids at the as soon as you get married, then just look into like natural family planning uh, methods that surround that because that's been really successful for us in seasons that we were wanting to wait um, for having kids. But then also, if I can go back and tell myself a piece of advice whenever Jared and I first got married, I would tell myself, don't wait (laughs) to have kids, um, to hurry up and start having babies because it's the best. And it's, I I wish we wouldn't have waited the amount of time that we did. because it's just so fun and joyful and and I wish that they would have been with us even at the beginning. So how long did you guys wait? 
we were married four years, but one of those okay. years we were trying to get pregnant. So okay. we, we waited. Um, I guess it was like, I don't know. I guess, I don't know. I'm trying to think how, okay. So I was pregnant. So maybe we waited like two and a half to three years before we okay. started trying, um, okay. where we were like, you know, preventing getting pregnant mm-hmm. for years. Um, just, you know, we had just got married and we were young and someone had given us the advice that we should wait a while and sounded oh, okay. right at the time. And now I'm like, but you know, God's sovereign and he had a yeah. plan for that. But, um, I just, it, it has been so amazing our family since having kids and just how fun it is. And it's, and it's mm-hmm. not, it, it did not take away from our marriage in any way and actually like made mm-hmm. our marriage better and, yeah. um, and helped us to be less selfish and just helped us in so many ways. So um, I think it is definitely weird that we have such long seat. I want to make a comment about birth control, but mm-hmm. it's weird because marriage is for culture and family building. Mm-hmm. So if you're like delaying that, why are you getting married? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like literally ask yourself, what, what is it that you want? Do you want the sex? Well, God literally made the sex to come with the kids. Mm-hmm. And the only way you can actually prevent that long-term is abortion. So <laughs> Like you have, you really have to be asking yourselves these questions because nobody else is going to ask you because it's too awkward. So mm-hmm. Lexi and Jordan will, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. like, ask yourself, why did I want to get married? Mm-hmm. It's a package deal. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say too, I, um, uh, I guess by natural family planning, I mean one thing by mm-hmm. fertility awareness. I mean another thing and fertility okay. awareness can be really like confusing to people. And I think it can turn people off and make them very quickly want to go back to birth control. Mm. But I actually recommend the Marquette method, which is the little clear blue computer basically that checks your daily hormone level. Mm. So it's telling you when um, you're ovulating and you don't have to rely on all the other like physical signs that you need to know for yourself. Mm. So I think that's just a really like helpful foot in the door if you feel intimidated by all of it right do you take your does it take your basal temperature is that how it no no okay no um i've actually heard the ones if you're not taking your basal temperature on your own i've heard the other ones that do it for you are actually not as reliable Hmm. so it's it's literally just i can't remember which hormone it's measuring but how um, does it do it you like pee on a little thing if Mm -hmm. i remember correctly and you insert it into the computer and it reads it for you. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, there's, so, there's also, I mean, there's, if you want to be that technical about it, like if you're, if you're needing something to tell you yes or no, there, there's always like yeah. ovulation kits that you can even get. And if you're yes. you know, trying to get pregnant or trying to not get pregnant for yeah. something, then that is something you could look into too. Um, and there's like, I, I've never done anything that, um, that serious with it. I've always just, I don't know. I think the longer that I paid attention to um, cycles and stuff and just like tracked it on an app and then I could tell when I was ovulating. So, cause I mm-hmm. always, I always have like a bit of ovulation pain or like I can just tell when I'm ovulating not to get too, not to get too detailed. Like, um, um, but yeah, I, it's been really effective for us um, in, in preventing and in getting pregnant. So, Yeah. Okay. So you, so you said a second ago, something along the lines of any way of preventing long-term is abortive. Is that what you said? I I was saying like, if you're delaying having kids Uh in ways that you are certain 
you won't get pregnant. Oh, like no. birth control because with natural family planning, there's, it's, right. it is okay. more effective. It, natural family planning is more effective than birth control, but it's because you're aborting your children is why. <laughs> Wait, that's making sense. Natural family planning is more effective, but most of the ways that birth control works in your body hormonally is to actually allow a fertilized egg to bypass implantation. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about with birth control. You're not, what? You're talking about with birth control. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of people think, well, like this is a sure, a surefire method to not get pregnant, but actually you are getting pregnant. You're just not keeping the child. Yeah. That's why so. it's really important. Like birth control is a lot different than just taking a pill. Like it's a lot more is what I would say yeah. than just taking a pill. I think a lot of people don't realize that there, that there are um, a lot out there that that is how they work. Um, yeah. but, uh, yes, this is, this may not be for the podcast year. I can edit this out if you want, but whenever you and Brian decide that, or I don't know, maybe you guys aren't going to decide that you're feel like that's enough kids for you guys, or you're mm-hmm. going to be done having kids. What's your plan for that? Um, we don't really have a plan yet. Yeah. We, neither of us are comfortable with any sort of a long-term thing at all right. until mm-hmm. we're in our thirties. Brian just turned 30. As of right now, neither of us are super comfortable with anything long term. Um, we've just we've had friends on all ends of the spectrum, mm-hmm. and most of the ones that have done long term things have said, you know, unless it's a health reason. I do have one friend that almost died multiple times after miscarriages and stillbirths. I've never had a complication like that though, and so I just, as of right now, we're very open to whatever happens. I'm not saying that that can't change. We just, most of it for us, honestly, is like physiological. What is happening to your body? God has designed your body in one way. If you're shutting that off, there are, there have to be side effects of it. Everyone says there's not side effects, but there are. Mm -hmm. So, and it's not like, it's not super new of a technology. Some of these long-term birth control thingies. Um, So we really don't know in some ways what the actual consequences are. So, yeah, but I don't know, like I said, it's not, it's, we are having to get a little bit more serious about, cause you know, nursing, mold, I'm going to be nursing two babies. That's weird. I've never done that before. <laughs> um, I, I, we are having to become like more, we're actually studying fertility and like child spacing for the first time ever. Yeah. But, um, we just know right now we're very uncomfortable with long-term and we probably wouldn't encourage anyone to do it at this point based right. on what we do know. So, okay. Any other advice to new brides? There you go. It's, it was frozen for a while. Uh oh, were you talking? Yeah, <laughs> I heard none of it. Oh, okay, that's all right. Wait a second. Okay, I think we're good now. It's I said. Okay, do you have any other advice to new brides? Just to figure out what his favorite childhood meals were and make Aww. those, or improve upon them. Probably. Yeah. Then you have some easy wins right in the door <laughs> for yeah. yourself. <laughs> oh, that's really sweet. I like that. Um, also, get a get a strong belief on how to fight and what that means, mm-hmm. um, a healthy way to disagree on stuff and what your thoughts are about when you guys disagree and talk to each other about it before you're actually disagreeing on something. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Preventative in mm-hmm. a way. All right. Well, I think that's, that's about, it. That's about all I had. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye.